going on, everyone? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and it's been a minute. Uh, the last time that the Just the West podcast was up and running was when the Niners did a very aggressive move to trade up to the number three pick overall, and a lot has happened. Trey Lance, for example. But it's about time to get back on the saddle. So I actually have uh, guests to the pod, Jay Chan, on the line for uh, a little... I don't even know what to make of this this podcast edition, but it is what it is. We're here. Jay Chan, are you here? I am here. And uh, pretty soon I'm going to be a regular rather than just a guest, it seems like. So thank you for having me on again. This is this has always been a lot of fun. <laughs> for, uh, for those that haven't listened to the last couple of episodes... My boy Jay Chan, who is in LA or SoCal region, he's uh he's this is like the third podcast we've done back to back to back. So we're getting a little little bit of a momentum uh, up in this. And then Jay Chan, how's speaking of like momentum? How's the momentum going for your podcast? You just launched that like I don't know like a month ago. Uh yeah, so I have my first episode. Uh, check it out. Channel 99, or sorry, Channel 99, Channel 88 podcast. Channel 88, okay. <laughs> I don't know why I said 99, probably because I was thinking Madden or some shit like that. I mean, but, you could have put like 69, but 99 is a notable one too. Could be, yeah. But yeah. 88, Channel 88, 88 podcast. Had my first episode um, just talking about the, just, you know, podcasting in general, like why we're doing it, what's the intention of it. And, um, you know, have a couple episodes I'm working on right now, editing them. Uh, I got to mix them and uh, they should be released. Uh, my, my plan is to do maybe one every two to four weeks. Um, it's, it's on the sides for fun. So um, whenever I can kind of get to them, it's kind of what my cadence is, is, is projecting to be. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's been fun so far. That's dope. I respect that just because it's so hard to do it consistently. But at least for just the West Pod, we're like in the off season, so you know, to, to all my loyal listeners, like my apologies. You know, I've been outside of you know being a, a podcaster and everything else in between for sports. You know, I, I do have a job and I'm trying to make some money for real estate, so I got a little caught up, guys. I got a little caught up. Hey, life but, happens, man. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Jay Chen, like, never mind. We'll get to it later. Um, some dope shit you're doing too in terms of like being an adult. Like adulting it up, good shit. Okay, congratulations on the house. Oh, thank you, man. Appreciate it. You know, we're on, we're on Carson, where uh, your former San Diego Chargers used to play. One fantastic season <laughs> where they were the home and the away team at the same time. It was. <laughs> it's a great stadium, though. If you go to Galaxy games or whatever, uh, whatever you, whatever else, uh, what else do they have? We went to the XFL game there. That was kind of cool. Oh shit! Um, it was like you, Johnny Daniel, right? Yeah, we went to the L. I don't know what the I don't even know what their name is anymore. But that was a really fun game. I saw Josh Johnson as as the quarterback. He got the oh, W. No kidding. Uh, yeah, former uh, NFC West legend Josh Johnson. I think he's I think played. He, for, he's technically on the roster right now for the Niners. He's on the practice squad. Anyway, he's he's still in the mix right now. Technically, I think he's played on the Seahawks too. Don't quote me on that. Uh, I. Th- Cardinals, he's been around. I mean, he's been around. Yeah, Def- definitely Bay Area legend. Went to yeah, Oakland yeah. Tech. Uh, yeah. He played for the Raiders, Niners, all that stuff. But yeah, we went to this. We went to those games. It was, it was kind of fun, considering it was the first season. Everyone knew the cheers and the chants and stuff. I guarantee there was more fans there than the Chargers games. Oof. The Chargers. Oof, that, and tickets were oh, like ten dollars, so it's like, why not? I mean, it's down the street from my house, so. I mean, you know what the saying is, especially in the Bay Area. It's a great time out. Ten bucks can't, can't <laughs> go wrong with that. <laughs> I may get back to that soon. Who knows? I know, I know. But okay, hey guys, so we're on the pod. We're gonna talk some NFC West. Um, so we're gonna go ahead and crack it open. If you want to literally or figuratively crack open a beer, uh, let's talk some NFC West football. Okay, baby. Uh, NFC South is a receiver on the Atlanta Falcons. His name is Julio Jones. Trick Montalban. Trick Montalban for all the uh, the all the fan the true fans out there. <laughs> That's a good one. I, yeah, Julio Jones. So apparently, right now, you know, he's 32 years old. Uh, he's due like 15 mil for for his for his base salary. The Falcons are rebuilding. You know, trying to move another direction. And so, from what I hear. Uh, 
as of today, Monday morning, it seems like Billy Jones, he literally said, like, I am out of here. I, I'm done with the Falcons. And so there's been a lot of rumors. The Niners, the Patriots, the Ravens, the Titans. I mean, uh, the thought of Julio Jones going to the NFC West, reuniting with Kyle Shanahan in an offense that we can get to in a bit on the pod about their draft class and what we're going to for the 2021 season. But uh, that gave me the reason to hit up Jay Shannon saying, let's do another pod. Considering I'm a diehard Niners fan, I am very excited at the prospect of Julio Jones potentially, like you said, reuniting with Kyle Shanahan. He didn't. He, he had probably some of his greatest years with Kyle Shanahan. He did. Right? He did. Uh, I mean, Matt Ryan, for example, he had his quote unquote best. Oh, he, yeah, he had an MVP like season under Kyle Shanahan, and Julio Jones was a big part of it too. Uh, on record, Kyle Shanahan said like a while back. So. Obviously out of context, but he said, you know, when you have an opportunity to trade for someone like Julio Jones, you do it. And now it's 2021. Julio Jones is 32 years old. We can talk about if he, if he actually gonna if he actually gonna do it, but it seems like there's an opportunity. To be fair, he did also say that about uh, Aaron Rodgers. And to be fair, like you would probably say that about anybody. That's really good, right? <laughs> we got a game relax so yeah you make the move you gotta win but it's like yeah. yeah oh we heard lebron james is available in the trade market i mean oh yeah no not for me though like who says that like yeah, yeah. obviously you're gonna want to get the best player so whether or not the niners have the assets i don't really know uh the cap space is always the problem too right so i don't know if that will fit in but what i did see today was uh vegas put him at plus 800 for the niners so I, I have an update for you. So oh. we went 800, and then when Julio Jones kind of said his comments, they'd be like, hey, this shit might happen for real, for real. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think all the odds were pretty high up there because you didn't know if it was actually going to happen, like the likelihood of it. But the Niners are now the front runners at plus 250. Oh, what? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kidding. I kid you not. They went from 800 to well, 250. On that, That's just anybody... the assurity that he's going to go somewhere. He goes from yeah. 800 to 250. That's pretty good. So if any of the listeners out there actually saw what he said on TV, uh, he for sure is not going to the Dallas Cowboys. So nope. He, he, nope. he guaranteed that he's leaving and also guaranteed he's not going to the Cowboys. You know, because he wants to, I don't know, win football games, I guess. Yeah, don't quote me on this, but he said that um, something about how they're super sorry and they suck and they're terrible. Something along the lines of that. Don't Give quote me on that, but you know. Definitely not quoted. It's just the the footnotes of it, right? Yeah, definitely. Spark notes. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. Uh, I would obviously as an MC West fan, personally for the Niners, would love the idea for that just because the division right now is just uh, – I mean, if you were to take a step back and maybe do this like five, six years ago on Madden, you have like A.J. Green, J.J. Watt, DeAndre Hopkins, like all, some pretty notable guys in the AMC West. If you had Julio Jones in the mix, I mean – I mean, D Hop, uh, he posted on Instagram a picture. I love when people do this, like super uh, ambiguous, just like one emoji, and it has like a picture of like two people together. This one just happens to have DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones at the Pro Bowl. Oh, and, shit. Uh, or something like that. Some, maybe some, some event, and they're just together, and it has a caption. I don't know what the caption is, but it's probably like thumbs up or eyes or some shit like that. Um, and but, fans are like, what does this mean? Yeah, so I mean, hey, like everyone's out there for the sweepstakes right now, I guess. And that's the thing about the offseason, too. If you're, I mean, players aren't the general manager or the coaches, obviously. So they they want to bring their boys. They want to recruit. They want to compete. It's all good. They don't care about draft picks, you know? For sure. But can you imagine DeAndre Hopkins on that team with Julio Jones? Jesus. Can you imagine if Larry Fitz just for another one because of that? He just said, fuck it, I'm going to play another year. I'm, I, don't, I don't care. I just want to be part of the team. How solid are are the color? I mean, the Cardinals just always get really, really great receivers. They had remember when they had Bolden and Fitzgerald at the same time. That was uh, that was up for the books, and they drafted both of them too. It was it was homegrown talent. Yeah, they just they're great at that. And then John for wasn't John Brown like pretty decent too? He was good. Yeah, no, they do a good job with receivers, but everything else, you know, room for improvement, especially at quarterback. 
now things are better with Kyler Murray, but historically speaking, eh, not so much, you know? So what's, what, what do they put uh, the Cardinals at? What did Vegas put them at? Uh, let me see. Because my next question would be, um, do the Rams have enough draft picks to give people <laughs> to acquire Julio Jones? So, I mean, there was an article on The Athletic. I might have sent it to you, Jay Chen, but, I mean, they were talking about the Niners, the Patriots, the Ravens, um, I think the Titans. They didn't have the Rams there, too, but it's – from what I'm hearing, the, the word on the streets, which is not really streets, it's Twitter, so take it for what it is. But Twitter is just saying, like, overall, you know, given his age and the, the salary cap that he demands, his base salary is about $15 mil a year. He's got a couple years left on his contract. Uh, second round pick is like the baseline. Adam Schefter tweeted out earlier today that the Falcons would are trying to push for a first round pick. So yeah. I mean, it doesn't like it doesn't matter if you're the Niners, the Patriots, or, or any, any team for that matter. Just in general, like, what would you pay for for Julio? Like the services up to this point in his career. I saw that they wanted that at the draft, though. So considering they didn't get a first rounder at the draft for Julio Jones. That means the market has gone, like, you don't need to give that up anymore. Like, a second or something lower could, or a package of something lower could potentially do the job. But I mean, isn't it weird how things go in terms of just the timing of things? Because a couple years back, the Patriots traded a second rounder for Mohamed Sanu, and then they cut his ass, like, the, the following offseason. They gave up a second That's round right. pick, and then That's now right. he's on the Niners practice squad, or, like, they just signed him. He might not make, make the team. Yeah, the Niners do that thing though, where they'll sign you and then they'll drop you in four days, and then they'll pick you back up again. Shout out to Marquise Lee from USC. That, that sucks. <laughs> that, that happened like last week. Like, yeah, did he get hurt already or something? No, they just. I don't know. They they dropped him. They picked up uh, another undrafted free agent and put him into like the mix. Yeah, I was kind of taken yeah. aback. He was there for like a week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was like, oh, a cool pickup. Might be kind of nice. And then I, I was like, oh, they'll probably just wait another week until Jalen Hurd gets hurt. And then they'll just pick up Mark Easley again. <laughs> hey, I don't like that energy from you, okay? That little bit of sarcasm, pessimism. Just... Hey, this, these are just the facts. Like, <laughs> to... All right. <laughs> so as of right now, I mean, I don't know. Uh we're going to, we're going into training camp. Preseason hasn't started. Right now, there's an opportunity for people to adjust their their rosters to get their salary cap right. Because another skinny about the Falcons and why they're more inclined to trade Julio Jones now is just the rebuilding. Not only are they just trying to rebuild and go another direction, but right now they can't even sign their whole draft class. Like I kid you not, I think it takes them about seven eight million dollars to sign their entire draft class in salary. They have like four or five million dollars, you know, when you have Julio Jones' salary. So they need to cut um, some salary or, or trade him. They they got to make a move. They can't even sign their draft class um, to go into preseason and have them under contract. So if let's just say they do trade Julio, uh, which you know what's funny is if they, if he doesn't go to the Niners, I can kind of see the Ravens or Pat- Patriots. That does sound kind of interesting. Um, but let's just say they do trade Julio Jones to whatever team that's not the Cowboys. What happens to Matt Ryan? Does he dip out too? Or I mean, it's quite a it's quite a statement to make. But honestly, Kyle Pitts is the the Julio Jones replacement. They got him like number four overall. He's supposed to be like the next Antonio Gates wide receiver, big red zone threat. He's essentially going to be the Julio Jones. I mean, you spend a top five pick. At a receiver. I mean, he's essentially like a really big receiver. So that's what's going to happen. At tight end, though. At tight end. But does that keep them in the, the mix? Well, NFC South? I mean, this, this, this is the NFC West podcast. I don't know about the NFC South. but We can talk about it. I can talk all sorts of football. To your point about that, I mean, it's interesting how they restructured Matt Ryan's deal. They didn't move on from him. They didn't do anything funny about that. They, they plan to have him for like the next couple of seasons. And they drafted another weapon in Kyle Pitts. They didn't gra- draft another quarterback like, I don't know, Justin Fields in the top five, for example. So it's it's kind of weird. They're they're rebuilding, but they're kind of trying to win. Same thing with the Patriots. They they signed hella people in the offseason, including your boy Kendrick Bourne. They spent a lot of money on overpriced free agents. 
and then they draft Mac Jones. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a weird place to be when you're rebuilding but trying to win at the same time. And this was the of all the years that I've kind of started to really follow football or try to at least <laughs> to the best of my ability. Um, the Patriots haven't really spent in the off season like they have this year. They never, if anything, everyone always, you know, all biases aside, but they always praise the Patriots for being crafty with their money, trading back, doing the smart Patriot way things about it. But no, th- this time they were like, fuck it. We need to spend some money because we sucked last year. We didn't make playoffs. Cam Newton didn't do so hot. Uh, so they, like I said, it's just kind of a, a mixed signal because you, you're either rebuilding or you're trying to win games. And they, they're doing like a little bit of both right now. Yeah. Speaking of Kendrick Bourne, though, I just saw, I read something earlier. Oh. <laughs> going back going back to Jalen Hurd, uh, they're like, they're more than happy to let Kendrick Bourne go because Jalen Hurd is bigger, faster, stronger, and better hands than Kendrick Bourne. If he can stay on the field. <laughs> That's a big if. Hey, by the way, Kendrick, good for him, though. I, I, I've always liked him, and he secured the bag in New England. So uh, he, he did. He's getting, he's getting like he eight, nine, eight, nine mil a year. That's good stuff, man. It's true. Even and he could have had more if he didn't drop some of the balls that were like little, little dunk, little yeah. dump offs and stuff. But hey, yeah. he he came up big when he needed to at times, and you know, good for him. Yeah. No, that's right. That's right. So I mean, all in all, I mean, what's the likelihood? Do you, do you think that Julio Jones? I think it's not a matter of if, but when Julio Jones gets traded. But do you really see the Niners? They're plus two fifty right now. Do you really see that? Going down, or do you think he's probably going to go to the Patriots or the Ravens? Uh, I don't think so because they got to pay Fred Warner. So I don't know how they make that money work out unless they trade Jimmy G. But then that defeats the whole purpose of having the the bridge year until uh, Trey can start, right? So that's tough. Like I, I don't I don't see it for the Niners. I would love it. Let's put it that way, but it's tough. Like I just don't know how the money would would line up with all the people you got to sign. Unless this, I mean, if the Falcons, let's just say the Niners are able to give them like a second round draft pick and like a future, a future mid round, like all right, maybe a two and, and a future three, like a, a third round pick uh, to help one another. And this has been done plenty of times too. Actually, like I think, uh, I think the Broncos did it when they traded for Teddy Bridgewater because he was getting a, a good amount of money with, um, with the Panthers, but they could have the Falcons pay for like a little bit, like obviously not the whole salary, but a portion of that 15 mil uh, to allow the Niners to afford him under the cap, you know, and, and make it work. But I don't know. Oh, it's like, it's, it's like a baseball trade. Like, yeah. I'll, you know, out of that 15, I'll, I'll pay for like five, five of it because by know. taking him off altogether, we, we save, off the you know off the books we'll save more than like 10 million so we can be able to sign the draft class you know that, that being said niners still have some draft cap still or um, salary cap still right yeah they do i mean you know like uh, you know if if i'm the falcons if i really want to make it happen and i can get better draft capital for it i'll i'll pay for a part of his salary for this year and then you know the rest is on you after that right it's like a it's like a low-key buyout in a sense yeah, sure. I mean, it's partial. And then at the end of the day, you, you get, if you're able to get a good draft pick out of it, I mean, that might be worth your while, you know? For two for a two and a three, it's pretty good value for Julio Jones. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just putting it out there. Um, I've seen some other rumors too, like, you know, the Patriots doing uh, Nikhil Harry and a second rounder for Julio, even though Nikhil Harry's been kind of a bust up to this point, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can get creative, you can get creative for the NFL. I don't know you could split the cap or split the, the contract like that. So yeah, maybe that does a little, maybe kind of assuage my fears. But then it's like next year he gets paid like 17 or something like that. 15, yeah. 17. Like I said, like, we'll help you for the first year. And then after that, that that's on you, right? Then that, gets, then that gets hairy because that then that would be essentially one year rental if we can't re-sign him because we have to get, we got we to gotta pay Fred. Well, I mean, right. here's the thing too. You presume that Jimmy G is off the books next year, they whether they trade him or whatever, right? Oh, true. Yeah. Right. I mean, right now Jimmy G is like 23, but come 2022, like he's he's theoretically speaking, he he will be with another team or something will happen to him. You know, that's in two years though. Okay, like just to clarify for Jimmy G, like he's on contract. He's got the contract for two years, but I'm just saying, like 
once Trey Lance is established for 2021, kind of like Alex Smith, you could probably trade him and get rid of him, right? Yeah, or you can outright release him, you know, because up to this point, his contract was upfront loaded anyways. So if you were to cut him, I think his, his the dead cap would be like minimal in comparison. It would be like five million dead cap. I think that was the yeah. yeah. I think when he signed that contract too, a lot of people that were like the experts for the salary cap, they kind of praised that signing and the contract structure because that in the back years, like wasn't it um, very team friendly? So the whole premise with that deal, and it made total sense at the time. Like kudos to, to the Niners for doing it, but they paid him a shit ton of money real quick when the Niners were bad. Because they knew that they were still rebuilding, so at one point I think he was getting like upwards of thirty million, like for his first, for his first year. So like, hey, too, and he got yeah. hurt too, and he got hurt. But they were like, hey, um, we have the salary cap, maybe not in year three, four, but year one, two. Like you want upfront money, and for Jimmy, considering that he was unproven at the time, he's like, yeah, I'll take I'll take thirty bill my first year for the for the new extension, you know. Mm-hmm. And then thereafter, he's due like you know. Uh, averaging like 23 to 25 mil moving forward but the like the guaranteed money has already been kind of paid out the first couple of years you know mm, smart so smart. Th- th- that's that's how you that's how you manage the salary cap that's good good uh forethought into the future yeah so yeah i guess you've convinced me plus tw- plus 250 huh <laughs> <laughs> maybe it'll happen uh for me i think I don't know, gut check. I think the Patriots will do it because that's the Patriot way, you know. Like, uh, it wouldn't yeah. surprise me. I, I wouldn't you, be surprised. If you go all. check out two podcasts ago uh, for for your podcast, Trust the West podcast, um, we did talk about this. The Niners haven't had that super deep threat in a long time, and that would solve a lot of problems. If that were to, ha- I mean, like I said, reuniting with Kyle Shanahan, Trey Lance under center for like the next, you know, for Julio Jones for at least the next two seasons, that would be. That would be some dope shit. You got DeAndre Hopkins, you got Julio Jones, you got DK Metcalf. I mean, what what a fucking division if that were to happen. Yeah, Niners wise, could you imagine just Julio Jones over the top and then underneath you have Ayuk and um, Ebo? Uh, yeah, like that's crazy. That's and you got that Kittle guy. Holy shit! Who? who? Oh, oh, the tight end, right? Oh yeah, no, he's a good, he's a really good blocker. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, that sounds dope. Let's do that, Niners. <laughs> Niners, let's go do that. <laughs> Put it on the board. I hope it happens. Like I said, just for the NFC West, it makes things super spicy. But I still think he's going to go to the Patriots for the record. Okay. Once again, the oh you oh you do. Wow. Yeah, I, think, I don't think he's going to go to the Niners. I just I don't know. It's cold there. Like cold world. You got to face the facts sometimes. That'd be interesting, Cam. Yeah. Julio, Bill. Good happen. I, I, I was just watching uh, like old Randy Moss highlights. Yeah. And he was, he, he, I remember uh, he loved Bill Belichick. So I don't know if it's a receiver offense thing, but maybe Julio goes there and he, him and Bill Belichick are like best friends. That's all I'm saying, man. Like the Patriot way, the Patriot way. It's been working out for them. They, um, I don't know. Uh, at the end of the day, I'll be really intrigued to see what they actually got back in return to trade Julio Jones. Maybe the Patriots will give it and trade a first round pick. I don't know, right? They've been buyers. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I'm just saying. They've, they've been doing a lot of uncharacteristic uh, pat shit. So maybe this will be a continuation of their offseason. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. The Patriots' way is, is kind of changing. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, let's go ahead and shift away. So I know we went to start this pod talking about Julio Jones and the potential of him joining the NFC West. The last pod we did was talking about when the Niners traded for the number three pick. So you have the draft classes now for all four NFC West teams. How do you want to spin it? Do you want to talk about the Niners draft class? Do you want to talk about Seahawks? Do you want to talk about all of them? I mean, I can go either way, man. Um, I'm kind of, you know, I'm not. I'm an, I'm no expert for college football and i feel like you have much more of an insight into all this than i do so i would love to learn about my team's draft class (laughs) i know i I know the quarterback yeah yeah okay um 
So I, I want to learn more about like, like we know about the first round pick. Give me the, give me the third rounders and like everyone below. Like I know they, they're happy with uh, Trey Sermon. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. At Ohio state. Another running back. Great name. Sounds like the hottest R and B singer out there with the mixtape. Trey Sermon. Check it out. And then they got uh, the corner from Michigan. Ambry Thomas. That's right. Third Michigan, round right? Michigan. Yeah. You got okay, it. Yeah. Okay. Ambry. I remember that's his name. Ambry. Yeah. And okay. I heard I heard good things about him, but I don't really know about them. So like, let me. What can you tell me about running down the list real quick? Right. Okay. So, you know, to our loyal listeners, I'm sure like, you know, it's, it's freaking May 24th. If you don't know the draft class by now, I mean, you know, you should, because this is why you're on the pod and you should know yourself up to this point. So we could talk on and on about Trey Lance. I didn't see that coming, by the way. I thought it was going to be Justin Fields, but I'm happy because at the end of the day, it's not Mac Jones. I can roll with that. Okay. But <laughs> just saying, I'm just saying, let's talk about the rest of the class then. Okay. Because the Niners, they had, they came into it with, I think they had like nine draft picks. They came away with eights, finally. Uh, they did a little bit of trading. Um, they traded back a little bit in the second round. They picked up another fourth. And then they took that same fourth rounder and they packaged it with their own fourth rounder to move up into the third round to draft Trey Sermon. So just overall with this class, you know, they changed their draft approach. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch did flip the script on a couple things. And the reason why I say that is because of a couple of factors. Um, you know, for one, like obviously going another direction at quarterback is huge for any franchise. But overall, too, when I looked at all these players, the, the biggest thing about them is, you know, I don't know if you saw last season, but there were a ton of injuries, right? Mm. Ton of injuries. All these players from first round to round six. They all haven't really missed a football game. Every chance that they could have a career start, they played their games. Okay? Uh, okay. All right. So, like, the biggest thing, Aaron Banks, Trey Sermon, Emory Thomas, I mean, um, you know, they've had some injuries, but they they played. They played their games. Okay? When, when their name was called, if anything, uh, Trey Sermon actually was transferred for, uh, from Oklahoma. He came when the other guy got hurt, and he, he just ran with it. Okay? He actually played hurt uh, on some really big games for them in, in the playoffs. And he got hurt in the, in the championship, um, unfortunately, during the game. But, you know, then the offseason came for him. But overall, like, John Lynch went on records just saying, hey, we did change our approach, meaning that, you know, in years past, they took a couple of gambles, and some of them worked. Like, Debo Samuel, he missed a ton of games during college, and it worked out. Nick Bosa, obviously, you know about his injury history. He missed an entire season because because of an injury. But they still drafted him. But, like, you know, the Niners, they're like, win now, right now. Uh, they can't afford to, like, deal with all this depth stuff just day in, day out. And so they made an effort to get some healthy guys, at least historically healthy guys. So we'll, we'll see what happens at the next level. So that was really interesting. And then overall, I think, um, you know, the NFC West just as a whole, it's I won't say it's getting kind of finesse, but, like, it's getting very fast, a lot of speedy stuff, lengthy, mm. athletic. That's the sort of mold, but... While the NFC West is zigging, it seems like the Niners are kind of zagging. And the reason why I say that is just, I mean, just look at the just look at the first three picks that they had in the first three rounds, okay? So you have Trey Lance, Aaron Banks, and Trey Sermon. So Aaron Banks, he's like 6'5", 330. He's like a huge, huge lineman. Typically, they get like lighter guys, uh, lighter on their feet, like 6'2", 300. So they got like a big, heavy bruiser in, in a guard. And then Trey Sermon, he's an inside runner. I mean, I won't say he's Frank Gore because there's there's no Frank Gore per se, but he's like a bigger back versus like most certs and like, you know, um, Matt Breida, for example. So it seems like they're trying to get more physical in the run game. And going back to like Embry Thomas, like, you know, the last draft pick that they invested in, like in the third round for a defensive back was Akella Witherspoon. And he's like 6'3", 6'4". Uh, this caddy's like 5'11", 6 foot. But he's like super physical. He's like a man press corner. Like he, he's a sure tackler. He's not as lanky, but you know uh, he loves to hit. Sort of vibe, you know. Is there so any uh, is there any chance that uh, Sherman comes back and like kind of helps? Tra- I I would love to have Sherman back just so he can also help train these these kids to 
you at, know, at the corner. I don't know if you, you scripted that because that's the perfect question. We want to talk about Embry Thomas. Embry Thomas has known Richard Sherman, vice versa. They've known each other for, for years because Embry Thomas's coach, uh, one of his coaches at least, was home, is homies with Richard Sherman. So they've oh. known each other. He's known him since high school, you know? Oh, so he's from, he's from L.A. then. I think he's from LA. Yeah. Like, you know, just, just through, through that ladder. And so like when Ambry Thomas was going through his stuff, I'm not saying like Richard Sherman has known him since like he was a kid or anything like that, but they, they've talked at length, you know, he's, he's known him. Ambry Thomas is a great football name. Like that, that guy sounds like he plays football and he's good at football. Ambry Thomas. <laughs> just like on paper, sounds like a great football player's name. And the one thing about Ambry Thomas too, I mean, you know, it's technically, it's not an injury, but he didn't miss 2020. He opted out because of COVID. 2019, he had, I think, something with his liver or some, all right, something within the organs. But going into that 2019 season, he was, like, out for, like, two months. Like, he was bedridden. Like, he had to recover from his surgery. And then they were thinking he might not play the 2019 season. But he just re-upped his, his, his rehab. He, he made a promise that he was going to play. And he was there week one, and he completed the entire 2019 season. Oh, uh, shit. So he, like, gutted it out and did yeah, it. He's like, I'm, I'm going to play. You know what I'm saying? That's dope. It, which yeah, really so, speaks to the volume, like, you know, of the toughness yeah. he has, you know? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, 2020 happened, and, you know, given that he's coming off, like, a major illness in 2019, he, he opted out of uh, 2020 for, for COVID-19 concerns. I get it, man. Like, if especially that's the status with your health, you know? Yeah. Um, they were saying like if he had played the full 2020 year, year he probably would have would have been like a second round pick at the very least, you know. Wow. And they got him in the third though, right? They got him in the third because he didn't play 2020, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which I mean in football it's still very high, like 2-3. Yeah, I mean don't get me wrong. I mean he was still 102. He's still like 102 out of like I don't know, 250 players in the draft. It's it's really good, you know. Mhm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and let's break it down the rest. I mean, Jalen Moore, tackle from Western Michigan, Demador Lenore f- from Oregon, Tula Noah Hafanga from USC, and Eli Mitchell from um, from Louisiana Lafayette. I mean, yeah, some interesting guys. The, the um, USC guy, that that guy seems like some guy we would need because I, I think he's the safety, right? He's a safety. He's like kind of like a Marcel Harris, actually, like a line, like a dime linebacker. Slash in the box safety, he can hit. He can hit. You, well, like you see those those USC dudes that are like Polynesian, and you immediately think, uh, uh, Troy yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like the number one. <laughs> that that was my initial thought. I was like, oh shit, we got Troy Polamalu's like cousin or something. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> so the thing about Hufanga, like he can hit. He was like a team captain. Like he. He had he got Pac-12 honors like he he performed, but the thing is like forty time and you know just the metrics yeah. that you get at the combine you know that's not his thing. Also, they, they, I mean, yeah, yeah. Also, like uh, at the combine, maybe not the best judge of someone's football ability. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. Plus, coming off of COVID, there there wasn't really like a training regimen, probably. So who knows? It's. I mean, just taking a step back. In general, for for scouting, like the last couple of years, 2019 and 2020, it's kind of out the wash. The the traditional stuff that you used to do, like you couldn't have a combine. You couldn't have an in-person interview. Like you have like, I don't know, 20 Zoom interviews in a day. Like it's it's just different to evaluate talent. And actually just another, to plug it away too, I think, honestly, uh, don't quote me on this, but I think their first, Trey Lance, Aaron Burke, Banks, Trey Sermon, Embry Thomas, Jalen Moore. I think all those guys were at the Senior Bowl for the Niners in 2019. Like they saw them firsthand. They kept Kyle them. Kyle Shanahan was the coach there, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like that stuff from way back. Like they, they took note, knowing that for 2020, like scouting is going to be really hard to begin with. So they just stuck to their guns and they kept them in mind. That's nice. That's so. Uh, Looking at these picks and thinking about the players that they will eventually replace, like who, who do you think's like next to leave? Like they, they got the line, they got the guard. Is that is he like a starter though, the Banks guy? Like he's. I mean, shoot! If you're gonna draft him in the second round, he should be the starter. Uh, if anything, you got Lakin Tomlinson left guard, uh, left side with Trent Williams. That's cool. You got McGlinchey as the right tackle. 
he should take the right guard spot. It's going to be either he's going to compete with either Daniel Brunskill, Colton McKivitz. Um, you know, he should win that. He should take the right guard spot, especially being a second round pick. I'm thinking Trey Sermon. Like it's always been running back by committee. So which one of those guys is? If let's just say Trey stays, which one of those guys is is next to be gone? Honestly, if you're playing fantasy football, which is like everyone here on this pod, uh, you should draft Trey Sermon. Not necessarily for the for the talent, but he is really talented, by the way. But you know, attrition like the Niners running backs, they always get hurt. This guy is like one of their bigger backs. They've invested a lot of capital in him. I could see him being like a like a Cam Akers, where they kind of ease him into the rotation, try to get used to like pass protection, whatever. The first half, keep him keep him fresh, and then for the second half, you know, come playoff time, let's just say like the last four or five games of the year, like divisional at Seattle, playing the Rams or whatever, and they need to pound the rock, you're going to call in Trey Sermon. Well, I don't mean like for fantasy. I mean just for football purposes. Like, uh, yeah, Mostert, um, they're, they weren't, I don't know if they were happy to get rid of Brita, but they got rid of Brita in order, in order to give more playing time to the other guys. So, like, are one of those other guys going to give a playing time for or be traded for Trey Sermon? Read the tea leaves. So, so Mostert's... Jeff Wilson, um, all the guys that they have on the roster, they have one year left on their deal. Okay, I see. Okay, so the running back position is something where they've always kind of plugged and played and kind of gone gone by with it. But going back to like the John Lynch, like I don't know, train of thought of things shifting, they they changed their approach, man. They just said, no, we we are win now, and we need guys that we can count on, uh, guys that will stay healthy, that you don't have to worry about. Given you know most are, he's he's great he's a great running back speedy guy but um, we need some reassurance for this roster. Mm. We just, we just need guys that can play stay on the field. Yeah no I mean seriously uh, availability is a talent in itself man I just don't know I can't stress that enough. No it's it's true like that's I mean look at the season after the Super Bowl right yeah, everyone's just the roster got just decimated. Yeah. So, I mean, and considering too, here's the thing, the Niners, they traded three first round picks to get the number three spot. So moving forward, they're not going to have that much draft capital, like premium draft capital to to get top tier guys. So these guys that they got on right now, they're just hoping that you can have solid building blocks. You can build the roster, you can manage the salary cap um, and you can draft smarts, kind of like what the Rams have to do right now with all their trades, because you're only going to have mid round picks for the most part after this, at least for the next three years, right? So let me ask you this. So um, what, what grade, I guess, would you give the Niners draft? I've been kind of surprised, actually. Um, people have been getting the Niners a lot of love. I've seen it ranging from like an A to like a like a B minus. I'll give it a B. Um, you know, I'll give them a lot of credit for keeping the, the cat in the bag. Like they really didn't tell shit to anyone about who they were going to draft a quarterback. I think they liked it that way, too, though. Like they were, they were loving it. <laughs> you know who was loving it the most? The NFL and draft coverage in a month <laughs> of Twitter and Chris Sims and I heard this from whatever. Like that was just great like for fans just to to guess that and not to really know up until two minutes into the draft pick. Like that was awesome. That was fucking awesome. So that why, was cool. Why why are you mad about Justin Fields? I'm not mad. I'm more relieved that they didn't draft Mac Jones straight up. I mean, I think I thought that Matt Jones would have pissed a lot of people off. Um, Justin Fields, I thought he was going to be the pick just because he had strong ties with Kyle Shanahan in high school. He comes from a good program within, uh, within Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, he played at a really high level, uh, beating Trevor Lawrence at Clemson last year. So I thought he would he made uh, I thought he would have made a lot of sense at, at the time at number three, Trey Lance. Home run pick, boomer bust, swinging for the fences. It could work out really well, or he could fail miserably. He's got a really low, low floor. He could this floor can go all the way down. Um, I, I, I feel like uh, looking at him a little bit. Um, he's got like the coming out of college, the James Wiseman resume. Uh, not many games played against top tier competition so you don't really know it's that home run hit or miss type of thing right exactly you know he only played a year i'm not a year he only played a game in 2020 
And overall, he's got 17 starts in a weaker conference for college football. You like what you see, don't get me wrong, but it's just still, it's hard. And this is by far like the highest draft selection for a quarterback with this sort of pedigree, which is not much. It just ha- it just so happens that he went to the same school as Josh Rosen too, right? No, Josh Rosen went to UCLA. You're talking about Carson Wentz. Oh, no, I'm wait, no, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz went to North Dakota State. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of who's the quarterback of the Bills? Josh, Josh Allen. He Josh went to Allen, Wyoming. Did he? Oh, okay. But he 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 played in the same um, you know conference division like that that sort of caliber F- FCS. Yeah, like that yeah. story of like the weaker. Um, division who knows it's not like you're playing trevor lawrence and shit i mean yeah it makes it tough to evaluate because you know on the one hand he's killing it when he's out there just killing the game but it makes you wonder like he was just killing like a bunch of i won't say scrubs but you know inferior competition versus like clemson alabama right it's kind of like uh, when i know you love basketball but like you know what college uh, that damian lillard went to weber yeah, I mean, he averaged like 30, 35 points, but that's the one caveat. You didn't know how, how good he was because he was averaging 35 points in a pretty weak conference, right? Also, uh, CJ McCollum went to a shitty school too. That's right. Uh, Seth Curry, Davidson. I mean, obviously, he went to the tournament with Davidson, but you know, at the next level, it does make you wonder. Yeah, I don't like no one is watching Lehigh play in the NCAA tournament, so no one really knew about CJ McCollum like that, I feel like. Not dude. I mean, I'll put this in the, I don't know if you guys remember. Uh, it's like during high school for me, like Quintel Woods. Do you remember him? He's like, uh, he was like Juco. I feel like he went to the I, might have, I feel like I might have watched him play at the McDonald's All-American game. Okay. Like, yeah. Like, just stuff like that. For every Damon Lillard, you get, you get someone like Quintel Woods that doesn't make it because you couldn't so, cut it up for the, at the next level. Yeah. So, like... Long story short, you never know. This never is all know. speculation. It's it's a B draft class for something we will never know what will happen until three years from now, maybe. Yeah, I'll give it a B. I like their approach. Um, overall, I think they well they surprise a lot of people. You know, round two to get a guard. Um, you know, to go back and get not one but two running backs. Just that sort of mentality. Kind of put people on a tizzy, but at the end of the day, when you take a look back and kind of see what their intent was, I, I get it, man. You know, like Jeff Wilson, Mostert, they're on one-year deals. Um, big picture-wise, like I I can respect what they're trying to do. And that goes back to Trey Lance, meaning that, you know, he could be a super bust because he's so raw, but they're at least trying to aim for the, for the fences, swing for the fences. They're trying to get the next Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, the next great mobile quarterback. Because, you know, after playing Patrick Mahomes, um, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen this past year, like, yeah, it sucks to, to defend a quarterback like that. So I want one of mine. Lamar Jackson, too. He played Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Killed him. Killed him. Well, I don't want to say killed him, but, you know, yeah, it was, it was quite difficult. <laughs> it's quite difficult. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what about the other teams? Like, do, Would you even say the Niners had the best draft of the conference or, or the division? Or like, what? who would you say had the best? Uh... You know, the, the only one that you can really compare it to would be the Cardinals. And the reason why I say that is because like the Seahawks, they had three draft picks this year. You know, they traded a bunch. They got um, Jamal Adams pretty much essentially with their first round pick. They got uh, Gabe Jackson from the Raiders with their with their fifth round pick. I mean, yeah, they spent a lot of draft capital to get veterans, which is fine. I get it. So their draft class was solid. Like I, I seen across the board, you know, for their draft class, they got about a B. What um, they give? What they give uh, for Jamal Adams? Uh, I think it was like two firsts and, and a couple of mid round picks. Was it really two firsts? Yeah, yeah, for safety. So oh shit! Even Kyle Shanahan went on record too. Like the Rams and the Seahawks, they've been doing this where they they're really aggressive trading for proven guys Kyle Shannon is like well I can do the same thing too I I can be just as aggressive to get my guy at number three you know that's true so, right but I mean we're gonna do the same thing to get Julio Jones so <laughs> <laughs> right stay tuned at, at plus 250 
Yeah, plus 250. So, like, the Seahawks, you know, for only three picks, I mean, yeah, solid. Um, going back to, like, trading up, I mean, the Rams, they had nine draft picks because they kept on trading down. Um, they tried to do, like, I don't know, strength in numbers. They had, they drafted nine guys, but um, their first pick was at number 57 in the second round. They had, like, three picks in the fourth, three picks in the seventh round. I think overall for them, it's more so it's just uh, um, for depth, special teams, to have people on, on the roster. Very top-heavy roster, you know, with Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford. Like, you have your marquee guys and everything else to kind of fill it, fill it in. And that's okay. Um, but I don't think that this draft class is necessarily going to – uh, be a game breaker for, for this roster. I think, you know, their success won't be contingent upon this draft class. This draft class is there to support the stars that they have, which is fine. Did they pay a Cooper Cup too? They did give him an extension too. Like they gave they him, pretty they gave good, him an extension. Right? They gave Robert Woods an extension. Stafford, Stafford got a deal. Like everyone that's notable got paid. So something's got to give like for the rest of the roster. Like you can't keep paying your, your core guys and expect – you know, I don't expect to run it back, right? Something's got to give. That's the thing about football, though. Like, can you play with seven guys? <laughs> well, the like, Rams are trying. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, because because to your point, they kind of have to fill out the roster with like low cost and the the basketball equivalent veteran minimum salaries, right? In a sense, or like yeah, the, so, rookie, the rookie deals or whatever. Yeah. So like round two, round three, you know, that was cool. And then, like I said, three picks in the fourth round, three picks in the seventh, and they drafted like nine guys total. So. Um, so the only we'll see, draft- what, we'll, we'll see what happens. Now, they have a higher chance if they picked more people. <laughs> and that's the thing about the draft too. No one, no one fucking knows knows. They're like, oh, this guy's gonna be a hall of famer. Like, yeah, just see what sticks. You know, maybe they might get. Everyone always says like, oh, you never know. You might get the next Tom Brady in the seventh round. Not gonna. It's not really gonna happen, but it could happen. So what's yeah. the chance of it happening, right? Well, I mean, they have Mac Jones now. They don't have to wait till the seventh round. <laughs> that's right you know when they picked matt jones though i don't think anyone was that surprised right everyone was no, like oh yeah good. that seems like a patriots quarterback <laughs> the patriot way i don't know and i'll just leave it there he very much looks like a patriot i don't know why <laughs> but it just fits that way yeah right. i feel you so the Niners draft class, the only one that I can really compare it to because it's kind of a, like a, a normal sort of draft class with first round, second round picks and all that, would be like the Cardinals. So the Cardinals, uh, they dra- looking at their class, uh, Zayvon Collins, Tulsa first round pick, Rondeo Moore, pretty, I like the pick, round two receiver. And then they didn't get their, they traded their round three pick uh, earlier. Uh, so Marco Wilson, round four, two picks in round six. They got a linebacker and Victor Dimonkeje and Tay Gowen. Uh, defensive back, and then round seven, James Wiggins, safety, and Michael Minnett, center, Penn State. So I'll just go with their first three picks because round six and seven, I'm not going to lie, I didn't do my homework on those guys. But uh, Zayvon Collins, it was interesting because just last year they drafted kind of like, I won't say the same type of guy, but the jack of all trades and with Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson. So so the Zayvon Collins cat is supposed to be super athletic, um, a hybrid, can Rush the passer can also be there in coverage. So it's interesting that how they got a similar player in Isaiah Simmons. Um, also noting that they have like a good amount of linebackers anyways that were pretty good, and like Jordan Hicks, Kevin Denard. So that was an interesting draft pick that I can respect. Rondale Moore, like going back to it, like the Cardinals aren't – they've been needing like a cornerback for several years, and they they drafted a wide receiver. Um, well, also they got, they got past – they got rid of uh, Patrick Peterson. So, yeah, and they got rid yeah. of Patrick Peterson. So everyone was kind of screaming, like, draft a cornerback, dude. Like, please, draft a cornerback. <laughs> but they drafted a receiver. And given, you know, Larry Fitz up to this point is likely going to retire, um, you know, they, they got another weapon for Kyler Murray. And this cat, Rondo Moore, he is fast. He is a fast mofo slot guy uh, that should do really well for the team. And then after that, they finally got a cornerback prospect round four with Marco Wilson, who is who's pretty raw. Um, but for round four, that's what you kind of gamble on for the talent that he he brings. Um, more of a development play. So I mean, overall, I mean, it, was, it was an okay draft class. I'm looking at NFL.com right now. They they gave him a C plus. I've seen some people gave him like it ranges from like B to C. 
Um, I think it was an okay draft class, you know. So yeah. all things considered, Niners. Technically, all right, solid. all things considered, technically the Niners had the best draft class in the NFC West, but yeah, I think anything. <laughs> it just honestly, if you really want to know, it just hinges on Trey Lance. If Trey Lance busts, then the whole draft class is a piece of shit because yeah. you drafted or you invested three first round picks to get to that point. Uh, are you familiar with any of the undrafted guys that any of the teams picked up that could be interesting? Um, Justin Hillard, linebacker from Ohio State, he got picked up by the Niners. Um, they actually went on record too. Like round six, they were looking to draft a linebacker, but they felt that Mitchell, uh, Eli Mitchell, at round six was too good of a draft pick not to to, to get, so they nabbed him. From what I understand, Justin Hillard, he, he might be a good special teams guy to, to stick on the roster. Um, the Seahawks, they draft – actually, so the funny thing about the Seahawks, I don't know about all their specifics, but because they only had three draft picks, they signed like 15 undrafted free agents this, this offseason. Just want to see who, who sticks. And so that mm-hmm. might be kind of interesting. Uh, everything else is, you know, let's just see how it kind of plays out in preseason. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's overall, it's pretty tough for any undrafted free agent. Um, I'll just leave it at that. Those, those are the only ones that kind of stood out for me. And they only have three games now to in the preseason. It makes it really, man, I, I will say this. I mean, obviously, being in a pandemic sucks just for everyone, like the entire world. But, you know, if you're an undrafted free agent or a veteran, you're just trying to get paid, you know, feed your family. Like, shout out to Latrell Sprewell, but... It's hard to be seen and make a case to make the roster, especially during this time, right? Mm-hmm. You need every rep, every opportunity to show yourself out to the coaches. So it's it's tough, man. I, do you watch Hard Knocks? I do. Yeah. I mean, it's it's every year the same thing, right? It's you get those guys on the fringe, on the cusp, like uh, bubble guys, and you you kind of watch them all season on H on Hard Knocks, and you're like, oh, I'm rooting for this guy. But then they get cut, and it's like, damn, that's that's really how it is, though, right? Like but, these guys I mean, are like, one day they're undrafted, bagging groceries, maybe just trying to make it, and um, seeing them next to like the veterans is super interesting. Um, I mean, shout out to the production, but they pull you in. You see their the human aspect about these players, like their families, their kids, mm-hmm. what they do day to day, and they don't make it. Most of them don't make it, man. You know, they turn in their iPads. They got to walk out that building. They walk into the GM's office and the GM just like, hey, how you doing? So we're going to let you go. (laughs) Why am I (laughs) laughing, by the way? Yeah, no, that's really how it is. And they just like, it's like, it's just business, man. It's how it is. Yeah. And like, we really liked you. But you know what? I mean, we we don't got a spot for you. So sorry. And maybe every so often that said player that gets released gets signed on by like another team for their practice squad or whatever. It happens. Yeah. That's the the Bart Scott season on the Jets. Yeah. Yeah, that's, man, right? That's yeah. Um that's I it's just it's it's a great show. Like even if you don't like sports, I mean you might have to like sports a little bit, but um to really appreciate it, but the human aspect, you're right. Yeah. It, it's a cold world, man. Uh, it's stuff for football, basketball, baseball, across the board. It's just professional sports is, is I mean, that's uh, that's some real shit right there. And it's a humbling experience when you watch Hard, Knock, Hard Knocks for sure. Because imagine if you're at in just a regular office. and Because if you think about it, like being an athlete, it's kind of like just being an employee in a sense, right? Yeah. Um, imagine if they had that same experience, but for just a regular office, it's, it'd be even more grueling. Cause this is, you know, there's no like sexiness to just regular office life, like how there isn't sports. No, it's, I mean, sports is one of those things too, or I don't know. They disclose your salary. If it's anywhere, you can Google it, you know, it's on spottrack.com. Like all, all your business is out there, right? Yeah. We literally just talked about what, what Julio Jones gets paid. <laughs> yeah, like you want you want to talk about my salary and and all this shit? Like fuck you, you know? Like none of your yeah. business. That's what what most people would say, uh, but no, all their business is right out there. Yeah, so you kind of I don't know. I kind of feel for them sometimes because they're just regular people. 
they just happen to be like put on a pedestal by the media too at times, you know? So um, it's tough. It's a tough life, man. You're just trying to play football and stuff. Who said it? Was it Charles Barkley or was it Ron Artest? But like someone said it uh, and I didn't really take it too much when it happened. But as we get older, you're just like, hey, man, like, you know, I'm an athlete, but uh, I'm not anyone's hero. Or That wasn't the job description, you know? That does sound like a Charles Barkley quote. (laughs) That's what I feel like. But kind of true, though, you know, you're supposed to be the role model, though, because, you know, you're you're a professional athlete. People look up to you. I looked up to a lot of people too when I was growing up, you know, watching baseball, basketball, football. Yeah. Why? But I don't know. It's just true. Like, why Why did we put them there? I mean, in a sense, they, you kind of got to give it up to them because they're putting themselves out there for our entertainment to, to do this. I so, mean, you're literally a grown ass man like myself with like a Patrick Willis jersey, for example. Like, yeah, it's it's a thing. You know, we, we praise these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. That was kind of deep. Wasn't expecting that. But that's what happens at the Just the West podcast, I guess, you know? We we talk about everything. Some good, some bad. Football's life. Football is life. So, I mean, overall, I mean, that's kind of what I wanted to do on this pod. A little bit of Julio Jones, a little bit of draft class. Um, any other? I mean, it's officially the, the off season. We're going to go into training camp, preseason, and next thing you know, September time, we got... We got fucking football, baby. We have football at full capacity in America. Like Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara, America, full capacity for Niner games. Full capacity for Raider games in Las Vegas. Like it's it's back. Are you going? Am I going to a Niners game? Are you going to any of the games? Well, you know, since you ask, um, I'm probably going to go to at least one Niners game at home. But I already booked tickets, baby. I'm going to be going with... Uh, fellow co-hosts Kmo and T Yup come December time. Niners at Seattle. Oh, you're going yeah. to Seattle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, damn. We, we got the tickets and I gotta book my flights and figure out the Airbnb. But we're doing it, man. We're doing it. And I'm I'm excited. I that is what is it, the Mecca or of being like a Niners fan, but to go to your most rival t- divisional team on the road and it's going to be on sunday night football which is going to be dope Ooh, yeah and the seahawks that's always a good game with yeah. uh, i mean especially russell wilson oh we didn't speak about russell wilson real quick Pete right. Carroll was on uh i think he was on first take or something like that and uh no he was on uh oh fuck what was he on the some nbc anchors uh, rich eisen show okay and he was talking about russell wilson and uh whether or not the trade to the the bears was a real thing and he oh, did oh, yeah, because it was like what four first round picks for russell wilson yeah and uh he didn't say no but he didn't say yes <laughs> so there's there's definitely something going on, but he went out and said Russ is our quarterback. But you know we all know Russ is a little frustrated. Um, they don't let him eat. They don't let him do what he wants to do. So yeah, I mean let's that. address the elephant in the room. He wasn't happy uh, with how the season ended. He wasn't happy about the off season, how you know offensive linemen and just getting just help in general for, for him. Like yeah, no, I think there were some words that were. Ever said like it, that's a real thing for sure. So I'm not saying that they would do this because I don't think any team has ever traded a quarterback midseason like Russell Wilson, like a MVP caliber quarterback. But uh, if let's just say they did trade him midseason before your December game in Seattle, who would be the quarterback for the Seahawks? If, if uh, I kid you not, I, is it Geno Smith? <laughs> Oh wow! Throwback, throwback. I'm just saying, like, like who would like, be the second stringer? No, because here's the thing: for like uh, the Seahawks, like unlike the Niners, where they have to truly worry about their depth chart, like most teams, their backups for quarterbacks, especially like fr- franchise quarterbacks, they're not. It is Geno Smith. He's still on the oh, roster. Oh, that's hilarious! I didn't even know he played football. Still, that's that's great. He, 
He, he was just, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. He's, he's your backup. At least I'm looking on ESPN right now. He's, he's slated to be their backup quarterback. So that's what I would see on December paying all that money on Sunday night football. If that were to happen. Damn. I would give it up to the Seahawks fans though. That, that city loves the Seahawks. They love all Seattle sports actually. And, um, I went there, I didn't go to a game, but I went there mid season uh, to go like on a vacation just on the weekend, like a long weekend. And, um, God, I, I hate Seahawks fans, but you got to respect the the love they have for their team. So, um, I, I made that trip mid season and, uh, I didn't go to a game, like I said, but I, I felt the energy and I instantly hated it. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I'm going to be engulfed in it. I'm going to be like where all the 12 is at and, I mean, at least the plan is to wear wear some Niners gear and you know represent and all that. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. My uh, my friends have gone there during the playoffs. I think one of the playoff games. Oh shit! Yeah, so, it must have been, it must have been good. Yeah, yeah. and um, they don't like it when Niners fans are there. <laughs> I'm just gonna warn you. Well, you know, uh, I don't want to knock on wood. Yeah, hopefully I'll be in, be safe. I don't know. I mean, if if they win, whatever. If the Niners win, like, I mean, hey, they got the W, so yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. That's yeah, no, so, no, this whole going into this whole twenty twenty one season, like you know, as someone that covers the NFC West, I'm really excited about this division. If the Niners can stay healthy, if the Seahawks can, I mean, the Seahawks already, you know, they're always a, a contender in the, in the division. The Rams right now, I mean, they just got their new franchise quarterback and Matthew Stafford and the Cardinals they're on the up and up too. year three for Kyler Murray and by by theory this season should be a normal NFL season with attendance so a lot of things to look forward to for where we have oh by the way too there's 17 regular season football games for the first time ever like you know yeah so to your point I will say that this division is the toughest because every game on the on paper, like you, I can kind of see like either team winning. If let's just say everyone's healthy, I can kind of see either team winning, um, which you've talked about before. I think. Yeah, I mean, and, we said the ending last year. Yeah, and, but that, but in a, in a good way, you can see any team winning. Whereas like other divisions, I feel like let's just take the NFC East. You can see either team winning, but in the negative aspect, like because both teams are so shitty, like you just don't know like which team will win. So like the end of the East, like the Eagles and the Cowboys and like the, the Washington football team. Yeah. Like, like someone's like, got to win the division, right? Yeah. Like someone's got to win. Like, I don't know. I don't feel good about picking a winner. Whereas the, the NFC West is like, everyone's so good that like, you know, I can kind of see, and I can't be mad that like any other, t- any team wins because they're all so good. Right? You got to play these fuckers two times in the season and they're all like legit divisional games too. Like Niner Cardinals games, like they play each other really tough like they know each other you know yeah yeah i mean we, i mean the seahawks always give us trouble vice versa um it's it's gonna be fun for sure the rams do really well against the the seahawks the cardinals and then for whatever reason they'll lose to like nick mullins and, and the niners two times it's just what it is you know i don't know just just a really funky division in a good way though yeah great players yeah all right, man. Well, hey, any other final thoughts? I think we're it's about that time. I really appreciate you on the pod. It's been a minute for me. It's been a minute for you. I hope you know. I hope you do more pods on your own um, for your yeah, show. But we got, other- we got, yeah, we got to have you on to to my. When I say we, I just mean me. But like, I got to get you on uh, my podcast. I told you uh, I wanted to talk more more basketball. Yeah, uh, that's that's more my my alley, but. Um, Mostly just our love of the Warriors, and I—that's that's one of the podcasts that I want to specifically have you on for. Um, so we got to make that happen soon. As much as I know about football, specifically for the Warriors, I can, I can go, I can go all rounds with you on that. We can talk some Warriors basketball. I'm, I'm and, that's, and that's and that's the purpose. We want to talk about our fandom, talk about you know the history of it, and where where we see the team going so um stay tuned for that i guess yeah we're in a really weird state for, you know in terms of like the warriors fanship too because you know and we can get to this on your pod too obviously but 
you know, you had this love-hate relationship, the Warriors sucked, and then they made it, and now you have a lot of these bandwagon fans, and now there's a new stadium, and they're in transition. There's a, there's a lot of stuff going on um, for the Warriors fanship, and we can talk about that for sure. Definitely. For, for sure. sure. Yeah. So, anyway, guys, uh, th- that's my boy, Jay Chan. I will keep you posted on his developments with his podcast, but for all you guys, appreciate you following me. Continue to follow me uh, also on Twitter, at Just the West, Instagram, at Just the West. And of course, my blog, www.justthewest.com, uh, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you can find podcasts, I am there. Okay. So, Jay Chen, until next time, uh, we out here. Peace. Later. <laughs>